Hello, I'm John Bates, and welcome to my podcast, Hope for Today, where I inspire to live with heavenly perspective and kingdom mindset. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Hope for Today. Glad to have you, and I am believing that this is a good day for you, and it's going to get better after you listen to this or watch this, because I have a great guest today, Chris Jarnigan. Chris, welcome. Thank you. Glad to have you. Uh, Chris is going to help us be hopeful for the up-and-coming generation, and I'm excited about what God is doing on some college campuses now. But Chris is particularly working with high school students. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, so born, well, obviously we're in Dallas, Texas right yes. now, or DFW, but I'm born and raised in Northern California. Okay. Uh, spent all my life out there, uh, started college, ended up finishing college out mm-hmm. here. So uh, this May, we'll be married uh, to my wonderful wife, Lindy, for eight years. We've got two kids, uh, 18 months-ish, mm-hmm. and then three months old. And so we- That keeps you busy. Keeps us so busy. Yeah. Uh, little sleep, uh, less sleep from my wife than me. Right. I get a little more right. sleep. Right. Um, but yeah, was youth pastor for a handful of years out here and then just stepped into this role doing student missions. Okay. I was a youth pastor many years ago. Uh, that's a tough role. Tell us about what, what did you enjoy about being a youth pastor? I loved being able to see the next generation rise up to what God's called them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved investing in the college students mm-hmm. that were then investing into the teenagers. Right. Um, that was probably what I found most value in, honestly, um, raising up a younger generation to then invest in mm-hmm. the younger generation. Um, and they, they at the same time, these students made me feel so old. <laughs> uh, I felt like I was young hanging out with them. Right. Hanging out with them all the time. Well, and you're not old. You're 32, 32. Right? Yeah. yeah. So Yeah, heck no. I'm not st- old. You're still young. I'm living life. So uh, you transitioned from being a youth pastor into another role. Uh, talk about that role. Yeah. So now I'm in a role of student missions. So I um, oversee the lane I run in is helping youth ministries, youth pastors, students to equip missionaries that are on the field. So Mm -hmm. raising money for missionaries, but then also sending teams overseas on missions trips. Okay. So that's a lot of work. It's it's a lot of work that I'm learning how to do. So last year, this is really incredible. You're involved in uh, raising money for missionaries and uh, missions projects. So with some matching funding, you hit a million dollars. Yeah, a million, five thousand dollars. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Uh, because tell us how you support missionaries. What mm-hmm. what do you do for them? Yeah, so the speed the light is kind of the funnel that mm-hmm. teenagers will give into that then gets dispersed to missionaries, and they do three main things. Um, they purchase vehicles, mm-hmm. um, equipment. AVL, audio, church planning equipment, and then compassion ministry right. type stuff. So like with the money this last year, we bought 11 vehicles for missionaries. And a vehicle could be an actual car, truck, right. but it could also be a canoe, right. a snowmobile, a dirt bike, anything that a missionary can use to go out and preach the gospel. Yeah. Um, dug 21 water wells um, and then hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of overseas, local church planning right. Well, I've been in several Speed Delight vehicles that your organization provides. And uh, even out in Las Vegas two weeks ago during the Super Bowl weekend, there was a large semi-trailer that was mm-hmm. Speed Delight that was helping rescue runaways. 
so wow. that were sex trafficked. So this is a great program. It's a, a great resource for missionaries. And you motivate young people, teenagers, to raise this money. How do you do that? Uh, consistency. Yeah. Uh, keep it in front of them. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just showing the need. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where, I mean, technology can come into play, showing videos of missionaries that are on the field, bringing missionaries in to actually just share the stories. Right. Um, but also actually sending these students overseas on trips opens up their perspective right. to why that they can give and the need that they can help. Let's talk about it. This year, you're sending a lot of young people several mm-hmm. directions. We yep. love the nations. The nation's uh, really yeah. my passion. So where are you sending young people this year? So we've got a handful of trips. We're sending uh, youth groups to Guatemala, to Nicaragua, El Salvador, um, two trips out to Navajo Nation Reservation mm-hmm. in Arizona, and then Atlanta Dream Center, and then hopefully um, New York Dream Center as okay. well. That's that's great. It keeps you busy, doesn't it? Yeah, it keeps it? us busy. Um, but honestly, we got dreams to send way more. Yeah, that's good. Way more. Yeah, I really like that you send the young people out because it, it until you get to another nation, you don't understand. Absolutely. You, you can watch it, but it's lost in translation. There's a scripture I want to read, Isaiah 40, 31. Those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. So what I see you doing is challenging young people. Yes, they're waiting on the Lord, but you're introducing them early to ministry. That's, yeah. that's really fantastic that you're opening doors for them that on their own, they couldn't go. Um, and I know pandemic kind of shut things down, mm-hmm. and now we're wide open again travel. I always tell people, you know, if you want to travel, get uh, ready to travel. Start talking about traveling. Get your yeah. passport, whatever your nation you're in. You're not going anywhere without a passport. So the church yeah. I pastor, uh, I talk about it a lot. Get your passport. We need you to go out. So we do a lot of missions trips. And then I really um, like interviewing you. I did your role many years ago. Yeah, that's what uh, I hear. For, for 10 years, uh, the exact role you're in. And it really put within me a desire to continue to reach the nations uh-huh. and to help people and to be involved in missionaries' lives and to do missionary trips. So, you know, you're going to keep doing this most likely. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> I'd love to speak to that. So the whole reason I think I have a heart for missions is because of the trips I went on as a teenager. Right. Like right. it was this, it was never the Lord, just a, a shining light that said, you're going to be a missionary. You're going to do mm-hmm. missions. It was the passion that right. just developed in me for missions as I went on trip after trip after right. trip. Yeah, I've, I have been to so many different places. I remember my—we'll we'll talk about our first missions trip because yeah. it's really interesting going to other nations because you're acclimated to your own culture. So the first missions trip I went on, sounds exotic, but it wasn't. It was to the Bahamas. The only time I saw the beach was flying in and flying <laughs> out. There was no beach. We did a lot of work, a lot of evangelism. I ended up sleeping on uh, the pastor's floor in their house just on blankets and in the middle of the night, it was hot, very hot. Mm-hmm. I remember that. So I didn't have a shirt on. In the middle of the night, I felt something crawling on me. Oh, gosh. So I'm like, because <laughs> the windows were wide open. So I kind of froze, and I'm looking. Big lizard, one of those big lizards. I could feel his his claws on me, and his tongue was flicking. I just prayed it went away. Uh, <laughs> I just I could not move. I was frozen. And uh, that's what I, I know people got saved on that trip and touched that's and everything, but that, I remember that yeah. big lizard in oh, the middle yeah. of the night. Uh, traumatic. Well, well, what was oh, your so, first trip? So, I mean, that wasn't my first, my first trip was to Mexico. We were getting sweaty, building stuff. But my most 
traumatic mm-hmm. experience. We were, it's going to sound like your Bermuda trip. Sounds fancy. We went mm-hmm. to Fiji. Okay. Where people go to vacation. Right. But we were in the jungle. And we slept on the ground. We may have brought these mats that we were sleeping on, but we were outside. The locals build like a tin roof for us. Right. I woke up one morning just soaked. And all the guys that were sleeping there, we were soaked because it had rained and all uh, the, water the water came in down. and we just woke up in the water. But then there was another day where we were sleeping somewhere else and I woke up with bites from my fingertips up until my long sleeve mm-hmm. hit and it was just bugs that had crawled on us nice. and eaten us alive. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't really understand. Here's what, I, here's what I find out about mission trips too. A lot of times... People who go on these trips have mm-hmm. to live in ways that people that live there don't live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, they, yeah. they built little huts for you, but they probably weren't living <laughs> yeah. in little huts. Uh, we needed these teenagers <laughs> needed that, that experience. experience. Yeah. Yeah, I found that to be true. So I book ho- my own bo- hotel now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and, and find some good food because there's always good places to stay and good good food to eat in the nations. I love uh-huh. all kinds of food. What's your favorite kind of food? Oh gosh, um, I love Mediterranean food. Okay, love Mexican food. Yeah, yeah. I I love Mexican. It's my favorite. I gotta have it at yeah. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh yeah. But I like all food. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not picky. Yeah, me either. Mm-hmm. I just eat. Put it in front of me. I'll eat. Though on that Fiji trip, I did have pig's brain. Okay, I, I don't plan. That on, I don't plan on ever having that. I've again. had cow's brain, but not pig's brain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was an accident. I just happened to walk looking did, for a bathroom, walked by the locals, and they offered it to me, and I was taught you can't ever turn them down. Okay. So I had it and it was a one-time thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll trust you. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about what God's doing in young people right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do a shout out to Kyle and Marcia Bethke. Mm-hmm. Kyle, uh, I did, I performed their wedding and uh, Kyle. I didn't realize you did that. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle. Kyle worked for us. Wait, did I do their wedding? I don't think I did their wedding. That was somebody uh-huh. else. Yeah. But I affirmed their wedding. Yeah. <laughs> thought it was a you good idea. You put your stamp of approval I on did. it. I did. I did. But uh, Kyle was the first church that uh, he worked at was our church. So we had him on staff. Got to know him. So hello, Kyle and Marcia. They've been on this before. Yeah. And talked about couples. Love them. So he was their, your youth pastor. Yeah. Yeah. So he uh, spoke life into you. And then you went to a Bible college mm-hmm. in California. It shut down. You came to Texas, went to yep. another Bible college. There is a, a phenomena going on right now in some college campuses. It started here in the United States in Kentucky a few weeks ago at Asbury College. Now, I don't know by the time this comes out if they will still be doing mm-hmm. the revival at Asbury, but it's okay if it, if it stops because so many people have come and visited, mm-hmm. and now uh, revivals are breaking out on other campuses. What do you think? You know, let me read the scripture again. Uh-huh. Those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. We were all like in a holding pattern for COVID. It was kind of awful, yeah. wasn't it? You didn't yeah. have kids yet, thankfully. No, we didn't have kids yeah, yet. They didn't have to live through that. Yeah. Uh, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary, walk and not faint. I really uh, sympathize and empathized with the young people that had to go through pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we went through the pandemic, for whatever, however, I don't know how it worked out. Our our daughter was in college. She came home. Our son was out of college, but he ended up coming back home. So the four of us were in our house. Okay. And uh, you know, they had been gone for a while and come back. So it was a mix of really feeling sorry for them because they were, they were in the prime of uh, – 
youth wanting mm-hmm. to run and go mm-hmm. and connect with their friends, and they're stuck with us, stuck in the house. We're we're cooking, we're washing dishes, we're watching movies, we're exercising. It was kind of a crazy time. And I feel now our whole world has been traumatized and coming out of that. Mm-hmm. But the scripture about young people waiting on the Lord, I think they're ready to do stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they, they are just poised to do something great. What do you see? I mean, you work with them now. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like there's just this built-up energy that they're ready to just mm-hmm. run wild. Um, when you're locked away, I mean, you're seeing, you're you're hoping to be out in the world doing things. You you kind of have this, what is it, good things come to those that wait. You're, right. you're longing to be out there. And I mean, we see it with mission trips. We see it just with, even just in our context of the North Texas area, mm-hmm. students just ready to run and get in their schools, get right. in, doing stuff, um, ready for the Lord to use them in incredible ways that maybe they've just seen happen in other lives, seen all over the world. I think they want to be a part of what he's doing. That's good. You know, I really love youth ministry. And, and if you attend a church that has youth ministry and you have young people, make sure that they're plugged in. Um, I know sports conflicts with yeah. things, different uh, things at school can really conflict with having your, your kid involved in, in a youth group, but there's nothing like it to be involved in other young people's lives. And what I see, i uh, pastored for 30 years now, mm-hmm. is if uh, young people are not plugged into a youth group, once they graduate from high school, mm-hmm. we lose them yes. for the most part. They're, they're just kind of gone. They, they go away. And I see those that are more connected to the church through a youth ministry, if possible, that they're more grounded in their faith. Uh, they have some accountability, and it just works better for them. So I would say sports are great. I love sports. I uh-huh. played sports in high school. You look like yeah. you probably did too. Yeah. And I loved it. But I am not a professional athlete, but I am a Christian. <laughs> so Come on. Yeah. you know, you got to look at that. What are we really aiming for? What are our kids going to be in life? Uh, for your for your kid to be a professional athlete and make millions of dollars, it's like lightning striking. It's yeah, like yeah, slight tiny, 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 tiny. But sports are great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, scholastic achievements, wonderful. But nothing replaces relationship with God yeah. and relationship with other people who love God. So I encourage you, what would you tell parents? You know, you've been a youth pastor yeah. now. You work, you serve, uh, I guess, about 600 churches now? There's 600, yeah, yeah. In, in our area. Yeah, so a lot of churches, a lot of youth pastors you talk to. What would you tell a family now, or maybe even grandparents that have a rebellious teenager or someone, you know, just got out of high school and they're just, they're away from God? What would you tell them? Uh, well, I would piggyback off of what you just said is the fact that if they're trying to, they're hoping their kid can dig themselves out of whatever life they're living in with sports or academics, um, it is a fraction. Uh, their future is going to be a, a fraction right. of a probability that's going to happen. But no matter what, they're, they're, they can be a Christian no matter right. what they do. Um, when they're plugged into a church, when your kids, your grandkids, your, your nieces, nephews are plugged into a church community, they've got family there. Mm-hmm. They've got lifelong. I've got friends that I still talk to that were in the youth group that I grew up right, in. Right, right. Uh, we may not see each other. They're in California. I mean, mm-hmm. they're all over. Um, but I can call them. We can reminisce. And we can encourage each other right. in difficult times, in difficult seasons. Um, I mean, I, the biggest thing is when you're a part of a church, you've got community. Lifelong community, um, encouragement from the Lord, 
and uh, it's going to last you your whole life, no matter what your career looks like, no matter what you did in high school. I got my best friends in high school from the school. I don't see them anymore. Yeah, right. Um, but my friends at church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my pastors, there. my mentors I had. You're right. talking about Kyle Marcia. I still talk to them today. Right. Not nearly as often as we'd like, but right. but I still talk to them. They're still a sounding board. So that, that's, what, that's what I would say. That's good. Yeah. And um, let me read the scripture again. Those who wait on the Lord mm-hmm. will renew their strength. So there's hope and waiting. Um, you may feel like your family is in a holding pattern. Why can't we get it together with God? Just continue to wait on the Lord to break through in your life as you draw close to him. In our church Sunday morning, we had our worship service, and then my wife and I got up and said, you know, we just need to take some time with God. So I invited the worship team to put their instruments down, Mm. everybody to just find a place to humble themselves, and we kind of put five minutes on the clock and just were quiet. Wow. And I'm, I'm laying on the floor, the Lord says, do it again. So I'm like, that's 10, 12 minutes. And we were waiting on the Lord to show up. The, the scripture says, draw close to God, and then he will draw close to you. Mm. We have to put an effort in to get close to God. Um, a lot of times we just wait on him to do everything. Yeah. And uh, he's waiting on us to fulfill our purpose, which is to worship him and, yeah. and come close to him. Well, it was a really interesting service. We had uh, Joe Odin as the speaker. Mm-hmm. He is the national director of prayer for the Assemblies of God. He didn't stop it. You know, we, we, I interviewed him for five minutes. He goes, this is what I live for. Wow. And our service went over an hour as people were confessing deficiencies, anger, disillusionment at God, sin. And it was just a beautiful time. So when you wait on God, when you press into God, and when you just spend time with him, you're going to renew strength. And I watched people Sunday just be, smiles begin to slowly come back on their faith. And I've heard testimonies this week of hope. So, you know, again, we have been traumatized. I think a lot of people are just now realizing uh-huh. what COVID did to them. And we kind of laugh about it now. We were washing bags of potato chips with yeah. uh, disinfectant oh, yeah. Yeah. and putting on all kinds of clothes to go to the grocery uh-huh. store. It was intense fear that we lived through, uh, causing a lot of people PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And so... I just want to speak to those of you yeah. who are, are out there and you're still struggling in your life and you're wondering, why am I so afraid or why is everything so messed up or why am I so sad? You went through a worldwide crisis that no one living has ever been through before. Intense fear. I I lost friends, um, friends that died. I nearly died. So it was, a, it was big, but we made it. We came through and now it's time to ignite your life again, live yeah. your best life live for God, let the young people see that that you're moving forward so they can move forward and do what they are called to do. Again, on these college campuses, I'm so excited to, to see God break out. Asbury, one of the things they had said was uh, we were overwhelmed. This, the town that it's in in Kentucky has 6,600 people. This weekend, 20,000 people showed up. <laughs> well, imagine what that does to a village, yeah, basically. Absolutely. So their police are now working on weekends, directing traffic. They were outside the city limits, turning people away because they wouldn't let more than 20,000 in. So it was astounding to see the hunger that people have for God. And uh, even if that revival doesn't sustain, it will break, uh, it's splintering off and breaking mm-hmm. off, and it can happen wherever you're at. Absolutely. I was talking to one of my mentors, Dr. Marilyn Hickey. She's 91, and I said, Dr. Hickey, this revival in... Um, 
Kentucky. She goes, oh, I've been following. I said, well, they're talking about restricting it and only letting college students in. She goes, I love it. Adults need to start their own. She goes, <laughs> she goes let the kids have their revival. Let them do it. Let them, let them follow after Jesus. So, you know, that's it. Wherever you're at, yeah. be the spark that ignites something. So when you wait on the Lord, you will renew your strength. And then you'll mount up with wings like mm-hmm. eagles, run. You won't be weary, walk, and not faint. You'll be able to do everything that God has called you to do. So I'll, I'll just ask you, how to how do you personally recover when you get tired? You have two little kids. Mm-hmm. You're uh, over this ministry. Wait, I get to recover? Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Yeah. Yeah, let me, yeah. So, yeah, let me yeah, tell yeah, you yeah. how you do it. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're, you're tired. I know. I remember what that's like. You're like a zombie sometimes, and then you go to work, and you have mm-hmm. to do your job, and you're raising, you know, I think I'm going to tell you. I think you're going to see two million dollars come in oh, come under under your leadership yes. and multiple missions teams, and just being known as a motivator of ministry. So, how do you replenish? How do you refresh personally? Mm. What do you do? Um, I mean, personally, I this is get some people blow us away. Um, I've talked about this with some of your staff before, mm-hmm. but I find delight in doing some physical labor. Okay. So like my yard mm-hmm. is my safe space. Oh, good. So I, I mean, like I think there's just something about I don't I don't know if it's because in ministry the more you work, right, you don't always see the results of right. it until maybe the other side of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if maybe with the physical work I get to see the results of my my labor, but um, there was a time where my wife would yell out in the backyard and say, Chris. The yard's not going to love you as much as I do. Uh, so I, I love just kind of being outside. I love just doing some work. Um, and then obviously just spending time with my wife. Yeah. Just the quality time. Um, I even, I as much as my kids are a lot of work, mm-hmm. I I like just sitting with them. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Just I, be the big I, kid. I do get to be a big kid, yeah. You reminded me of something. Uh, when I was your age, we lived on 40 acres. Um, in another town and had huge oak trees and lots mm-hmm. of different kind of trees. So when I would try to recover, I had a big chainsaw and a ladder. I'd go out in the woods and find a tree that was really messed up. I would name it uh, of somebody in my life, <laughs> <laughs> somebody in my life that was uh, needing some pruning yeah. but yeah. wasn't really uh, open to it. I would name them and I would get up in that tree with a chainsaw. There you go. Yeah, there and just go. go to town, take pictures before and after. It's like, oh, he looks a lot better now. Yeah. Or she's really shaping up. And I would sometimes even pray while I was doing it. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's a, a an area of woods with good looking trees in it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I like you enjoyed getting out, getting yeah. away, and and that's I think that's good. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, get a get away from something yeah. in, in the office. I'm the disruptor, I think. Uh, my concentration <laughs> is when I'm in, I'm in, yeah. and then I need a break. And then everybody else needs a break, too, because I go and talk <laughs> to them. So take care of yourself. Take care of your mental health. Yeah. Um, some of you may need counselors. There's no problem with that. Get a counselor. Find a mentor. Get somebody to speak into your life. Mm-hmm. Because, again, we've been through a lot of trauma. We're wait- now waiting on the Lord, and He's renewing our strength. Take uh-huh. Take your problems to Him. Watch him do some big things in your life. Well, even I'd say turn off technology. Yeah. That's a huge distraction yeah, point. Even when you are somewhere, 
if you have your your phone technology whatever right. it might be you're not all there right. and so it's hard to disconnect it's really hard to replenish yourself when if if the technology is accessible right so i'm going to tell them my age uh i was pre cell phones okay. pre computer and so i remember when uh, i was married when they came out with um what was the, the little thing that would call you um pager Pager, okay. yeah, pager. That was the biggest hassle because somebody pages if you look at it. Then you have to go find a, a phone, a landline, mm -hmm. and call them. Well, it started there. Now we're yeah. tethered to it. Oh, for you know, sure. It's just, it's just here. Like, like you know when you don't have it, right? And it's you can't function. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're realizing I'm probably missing all kind of important stuff right now. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes it is good to just lay it down, let people know I'm off social media. We have a fast. We're enjoying in our church, and one of the weeks is no social media, no news. I rarely watch the news now at all because I feed on God's word, Come and on. it's hopeful. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I don't need uh, down and out reports. Yeah. So Holy Spirit will tell you what you need to know. Well, this has been good today. Thank you, I've Chris. enjoyed it. Yeah, I have too. It's. Uh, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Thank you for loving the nation so well. Thank you for loving young people mm -hmm. and speaking into their life and giving them an opportunity to move forward with their relationship yeah. with God. I'm I'm enjoying it. Thank you for paving the way for it. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad to see you're doing it, and I expect to hear great things out of you. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for being you. Mm -hmm. Thank you also for loving the nations. Would you do a favor for me? Would you pray for my nation, the United States, because we're seeing outcrops of revival, and I really want to see this nation swept into a full revival. So pray for us as we pray for you. Well, I love you. Again, Chris, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Be blessed. Thanks for listening to Hope for Today with John Bates. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes wherever you listen. You can connect with John through Facebook, Instagram, and at johnbatesministries.com. Have a blessed day.